Alright guys, welcome back into another PGA DFS video. My name is Eric Pauzin. Going to be getting into the top picks here for the American Express. But as always, we're going to be doing that deep dive here. Um, so if you guys want the short form content, uh, the short form content will be coming out in separate videos. This is going to be a long video. It's going to be covering everything you want to know for this tournament, as well as kind of just recapping last week. And we'll start with that recap of last week, but we'll let you know what's coming in this video. So in this video, as you guys know, we're going to be touching on what are going to be the key characteristics as to why a player is going to do well this week. You know, we got to start there. We got to figure out what are going to be the key stats and, you know, just dive down into what's going to make a golfer a good pick this week. With that, we're going to be highlighting the top four picks in each pricing tier, the high tier, the mid tier, the low tier, and the value tier. From there, we're going to give you guys the core play and a first look build, okay, using those core plays. It's a Monday build, so it'll probably change throughout the week, but, you know, we can give that to you guys. From there, we're going to do some fades. We're going to get into some sleepers and shoulder throw picks. We're going to get into some outright bets as well. So it's going to be a, you know, deep dive here. We're going to give it all to you guys in this video, but I do want to start off with the recap of last week. So last week, you know, I'm not going to lie, not a good week. Um, core plays and whatnot, they did fine. The predictability of the top end plays did fine. After that, though, not so good. And that, that kind of was the reason why that was is because the players that were safe plays like Joel Damon, uh, Brennan Steele, you know, those are not guys you really want to be going out of your way to play. But in a week like last week where not that many quality plays as a whole, everyone was pretty much just the same play, regardless of where they're priced. And, you know, the safe plays at the start of the season are not really safe. And the difference between a top-end play like Hideki and Webb Simpson or Mark Leishman is not that big of a thing um, data-wise. And with that, you don't exactly know where a player is going to be at. So, like, Sanjay M, Hideki, Webb, Mark Leishman, they're all the same players. And I last week I defaulted to, you know, who were the top plays? Uh, I went M. Leishman, Webb, and then Hideki. And I just didn't want to have too much overexposure with Hideki. That being said, on Thursday morning, Hideki came out as the top rated leverage length, right? The top rated ownership leverage play you can make last week. And Michael Thompson was the second. I got onto those two specifically because of that. My best build actually ended up being a ownership leverage build. Um, so that's a tool that's been doing well. Um, Kind of nice there. Hideki was top six in the nine to five model there. So it's just a high variance type of start of the season, guys. That's just what we have when events are going to be uh, easy scoring and also already inherently higher variance just because of the start of the season. You don't know what players are working on and the results are going to be a little bit more random. Talk about Webb and Sanjay as perfect examples as to players you don't know what they're working on. You could see pretty clearly that Sanjay M changed the swing a little bit. The commentators actually were talking about that. Uh, Webb Simpson as well. It looked like his swing was, he was really trying to over-exaggerate coming over to the top. Those are little things that I've mentioned this before, but we don't know what players are working on during their offseason. It might be something small and it'll click right like that in the next tournament. But that's just something we don't know prior. And the more tournaments we get, the more data we're going to get and the more we're going to know who are going to be the top players, the more predictable it's going to become. So I just want to remind you guys, start of the season, maybe scale back a little bit, maybe prepare for a little bit more random outcomes. That's just what happens at the start of the season. So this week, it's not going to get that much better in terms of the high variance. There's a lot of reasons as to that, but we'll start off with the scoring of this event. 
The average cut line of this event in the past four years has been seven and a half under par with the winning score being uh, 24.3 under par. I mean, that's insane to start off with. And including the fact that they play on three different courses. They got the PGA West Stadium course, the PGA West Jack Nicholas course, and then the La Quinta course. Okay. The La Quinta one is going to be the easier one. So if you're playing showdowns, you know, maybe target that one a little bit more. They're all pretty easy though. So it's not like end all be all. It's kind of like chasing the early tee time where, you know, it's just much more likely that there's going to be lower scores in the morning. Well, that's kind of the same situation with La Quinta this week. So if you're doing that, that's fine. I will say, you know, course style, I'm going to change that to TPC. Just so you guys know, they're with that graphic TPC style course. Um, but yeah, really from there, with it being on three different courses, it is a little bit harder to predict. Um, just kind of think about it, guys. When you're playing in like a pro-am events where you, I guess a perfect example would be like players playing with Kevin Knott, slow play. That might affect how a golfer that's paired up with Kevin Knott plays. They might not play as well because Kevin Knott's playing a little bit slower. That came up last week. That's why I'm bringing it up. That's like... Uh, uh, that's a variable this week that we just don't know about with it being a pro-am as well. We don't know which uh, pro or which amateurs these professionals are going to be paired up with. And with that, you don't know how that's going to affect them. And I think that's a main reason why we see this event being really high variance. Look at the past results. It's on very high variance. So it's a week in which you get six for six across the cut line. You're feeling pretty good about that. And with that, if there's a weather advantage where someone gets La Quinta on an easy day and someone doesn't, there's that as well. And factor on that it's an easy scoring event, which already raises the variance. And then factor on it's early season. And a lot of these guys are just not that good of plays just yet. It's going to be an extremely high variance weekend. It's no surprise that it is one of, if not the most, high variance events that we get all year. Doesn't mean you can't do well. That actually could mean that you're... If you do do well, you're more likely to have a really big GPP week. So it kind of goes hand in hand where, yeah, your 6 for 6% chance might be lower this week. But if you do get 6 for 6 across the cut line, you're going to be sitting pretty. So I kind of mentioned that this is uh, rotating between three different courses. But the main one is going to be PGA West. So we can see Pete Dye course, par 72, Bermuda Greens. It is a full tournament field event. Um, just want to talk about strategy real quick. It is going to be an extremely high variance week. I've already said that a few times. You want to be focusing on upside, okay? That is kind of your main focus. I don't want to say it's like a no-cut event, but it's kind of the same structure. You want to be focusing on upside because, yeah, there's going to be inherent risks involved, and we don't know exactly who are going to be the miscuts. And then also, don't get married to a specific build. A lot of weeks, you can really narrow down what is going to be a strong structure build and make some GPP builds off of that one main build. Not exactly sure that's the approach this week. So I don't really see it exactly as a cash week. It's more or less a GPP week where you're focusing on getting, you know, a lineup with six for six across the cut line that has a strong chance of possibly taking down a GPP. And then also factor in the randomness, guys. The, you know, like the nine to five lineup optimizer. If you guys are using that, you know, 150 lineups, factor in some more randomness, maybe 20, 25%. Now I'm just talking about the key stats. So over the past four years at this tournament, the key stats are being pulled from PGA West Stadium course. So it's not like a full data set that we have, unfortunately. That's just where the shot link data is coming from. It's just coming from that PGA West tournament. That's where they have their equipment set up is just for PGA West Stadium course. But we have seen birdie or better percentage. No shock there with the easy scoring. That makes a lot of sense. Birdie or better percentage is like the number one stat. If players are scoring birdies, they're going to be doing better. 
par five scoring as well. That kind of goes hand in hand with ready or better percentage. That makes sense. One thing that kind of stood out to me is that, yes, yeah, strokes gain off the tee was kind of a significant key stat, but it's more because of good drive percentage rather than driving distance. Like um, players that finished well this tournament, top 10 or winners, had a really strong good drive percentage and driving distance didn't really matter. So if, as long as they're putting it on the fairway or near the fairway, they're going to be doing well. Strokes gain approach as well. You got to be setting yourself up for those birdie percentages and then effective scoring. Just going to be looking at that as well. That's that 95 only stat that accumulates all the, you know, stat data for a player making a cut pretty much and then just get into course history at this tournament so it's event history here john rom with a sixth and a first place finish that is really good patrick canley with a second and ninth place finish we are going to see a lot of california players popping up here as well they tend to play better here but i don't know if that's one because they're playing here because it's a california based event you know they think they have a little bit better of a advantage there or two if it's just they're comfortable playing here. You know, we don't really know exactly. Like, I don't want to say California narrative doesn't matter, but I don't want people to go crazy with it. Okay. Use it as a 50, 50 decision maker. If you're kind of trying to figure out which player might be a better play, you can use a California narrative. A lot of these guys are popping up there. Tony Finau, Sanjay M, Adam Hamlin, Ricky Fowler, Gary Woodland, Adam Svensson, Andrew Putnam, and Andrew Landry are popping or closing out that list of best average finishes at this tournament here in the last four years. And we're going to get into kind of what are going to be the top plays this week. Once again, just going to be breaking it down into each pricing tier, um, top four picks in each pricing tier. And then from there, I'll be highlighting which players are going to be the core plays. It's kind of the nice structure to break it down with. So let's get into it. First player I do want to mention is going to be John Rahm. Yes, he's the highest priced player on the site, so I don't want to dwell on this too much. Um, John Rahm, a sixth and a first place finish. Excellent there. We were wondering how he'd respond um, really after missing the cut, kind of a bad fall swing after not winning uh, the Tour Championship. He responded well at the STOC. Second place finish. Um, you know, good, strong staff at top seven in the field. Best course history. Um, you know, I think he's just an excellent pick. If you look long-term, best recent form, second best pick in the nine to five model this week. From there, I do want to mention Sanjay M. It's more or less, Hey, was he the correct pick last, last week? Yes, he was. Um, did it work out? No, it didn't. And that's kind of just how early season DFS goes. He was pretty much exactly the same pick as Hideki just didn't work out this week. He has good course history, 12th, 10th, 12th. We like that. Once again, he's a highly consistent player. The thing that worries us is, once again, it looked like something was a slightly different in his swing. The commentators um, on the PGA Tour or on ESPN+, Plus, they mentioned that as well. It looked like his tempo of his swing changed a little bit. That's the worry there. But, you know, STOC, eighth place finish, then a missed cut last week. You know, I, I'm not that worried about it. And he still ranks out as a pretty strong recent foreign play. Uh, still top 10 in the field. So, overall, still ranking out pretty well. Third best pick in the 9-5 to five mile this week. Now, like Cam Smith, the worry with him last week was, hey, he's coming off of a victory. Going to scale back my exposure to him. That's kind of what I'm going to be doing with Sanjay M coming off of a missed cut. So where he might rank out as someone that should be a core play or high exposure play, I'm going to scale that back a little bit, maybe just make him a low exposure play this week. Still want some of him, but, you know, maybe only in 15% of builds instead of like 30% of builds. After that, I do really like Taylor Gooch here as well, but that's going to be someone I might be mentioning a little bit later on. So let's move on into Seamus Power. So Seamus Power, you guys know my strategy, is I keep playing players until they let me down, 
and then even maybe another event as well. So Shameless Power has not let me down for the past like four months. Um, I'm doing a new segment this year. It's going to be like nine to five employee of the month or player of the month, you know, like the office theme, get an employee of the month going. Well, that's most likely going to be Shameless Power, I'm guessing. So he already helped us twice now with the STOC being a value pick, finishing top 12 in fantasy points scored that week. And then the third place finished last week. That is excellent. The worry with him, course history, guys. He has one miscut. That's his course history. We don't like that. Did have an 11th place finish here um, four years ago. We do like that. Three straight make cuts in a row. Does rank out as a top 12 pick. He's definitely juiced up a little bit, but it wouldn't be shocking to see him go out and play well once again. He's scoring right now, and that's what we want to be focusing on. Uh, T36 and birdie or better percentage, good drive percentage, 21st in that. Uh, third in par 5 scoring, so he's definitely scoring on the par 5s there. Love that there from Seamus Power. Moving on, we do have Corey Connors as well. Corey Connors, kind of the same pick. Um, missed cut three years ago, made cut four years ago. Only a 50th place finish there. Slightly better stat fit, uh, but not as good of a like course history play. That's the worry there with him. But sixth best recent form out of anyone in the field is getting knocked because of his kind of more poor course history. Uh, but he still ranks out top 21 in the field. He's one of those players where I keep playing them until they let me down. Uh, he's been a cut maker for us, so might as well just keep playing him. Uh, so I see no real reason not to play him. Nine straight make cuts in a row. We'd love that there from Corey Connors. Now we're going to do move down into the mid-tier price tier. Let me just get the slider here. All right. So the problem with this week is the mid-tier, there aren't that many good picks. Okay, you could possibly just build from the high tier and the low tier and be fine with it. Like Ricky Fowler, ranking out as a good pick. And the thing with Ricky is where the California narrative might be a factor. Finished 21st last year. Ricky had sucked, you know, really last year. And even when he had that 10th place finish two years ago, hasn't really been playing well career-wise for a while now. It is nice to see the fact that, yeah, he has played well at this tournament. And overall, ranking out as a really solid pick. Seventh best pick in the 95 mile. The only worry with him mostly is going to be the fact that not the best recent form, especially compared to the field. He has looked better, though. So that's something I want to focus on. He has looked better. I'm just going to pull him up here on the tournament log, the player tournament log here, just to kind of give you guys a little picture as well. Ricky Fowler, there we go. Let's see. So 40th, third, two missed cuts, and then okay. Okay there for from Ricky. So let's just slide this in a little bit more. A little bit better of a trend there just with strokes gain total. We do like to see that from Ricky. So, yeah, playing a little bit better. Let's see. Specialist field. Let's just see. I'm kind of curious here. Um, sorry, phone's going off there for a second. I'm kind of curious. Let's pull him up here on the specialist page. Um, player. Ricky. I'm curious as to, like, California-based courses, how he plays. Well, that's not that good. Average finish at 60th in the last four years. Let's zoom that in a little bit better, though. Not really, not really anything popping there from Ricky too much on California-based courses um, in terms of average place. I thought it might be. I thought we might have something there, um, but we don't. Not really. Um, let's see here. He just tends to play well at this tournament. That's really what it comes down to. So um, thought we might have something there with Ricky that might make him a little bit better of a pick. I'm kind of glad we don't because 
you know, he's just an okay play. He's more or less a shoulder shrug pick. But if you guys want to chase that, you know, 21st and 10th place finish, I'm fine with that. I kind of get it. Uh, okay play, not someone you want to go crazy with. Uh, Carlos Ortiz is going to be someone I mentioned a little bit later on as well, not as a core play, but more as, or less as a shoulder shrug pick or sleeper pick. Uh, the reason why is because, you know, okay course history, 48th and 65th place finish. We like that there from Carlos Ortiz. Uh, four straight make cuts in a row. We also like that from him. Uh, I believe he had a win uh, this fall. You just check that with Carlos Ortiz as well. Oh, second place finish at El Camillon. Okay, so close. Uh, so yeah, Carlos Ortiz, I do not mind as a pick. 24th in the 95 mile. Other than that, his recent form, you know, we can see really wasn't that good prior to that. But three straight make cuts in a row. Once again, we always want to be focusing on these players that are in ascending form. We'd like to see that. So we can see 47th, 25th, and second place finish. So Carlos Ortiz, that's those are decent finishes there from him. Like it to be a little bit better, but... He's a guy that ranks out top 20 as a staff that we can see. Birdie or better percentage, 16th in that, 17th in Strosky and approach. Par 5 scoring, you know, that's going to be make or break for him there. 93rd in par 5 scoring. Uh, we'd like to see that a little bit better from um, Carlos Ortiz. Jonathan Vegas, three straight make cuts in a row at this tournament. He's a guy that, you know, is an upside pick. So if you're someone that, like, went gung-ho with Russell Henley last week, you probably want to go gung-ho with uh, Jonathan Vegas. A little bit risky of a pick. Might miss the cut, but if he doesn't, you know, he has strong top 10 upside. Recent form-wise, 12th and 26th in his most recent two starts. Uh, three straight solid finishes here, including a top 12 finish four years ago. He might sell overall as the ninth best pick in the 95 mile this week. I do like him as a pick. But then we look at uh, CEH. Not CEH. I keep doing that. Charles Howell III, CH3. Two missed cuts here, and then a 34th and 20th place finish. Um He's also made four straight cuts in a row. I, that's what we like to see from him. You know, more or less, we're trying to hope to get lucky with the make cut here. Yeah, he's more or less a shoulder shrug pick. If you end up on him at this price range, you know, closing out your build, I'm fine with it. Ranks out top 26 in the 95 mile this week. That's fine. Actually, 10th best recent form out of anyone in the field, which kind of tells you all you need to know about this field, that we haven't seen that many good finishes from Charles Howell, but four straight make cuts with a top 20 mixed in there and a 36th place finish. He's kind of ranking out decently well, so... He's an okay pick. I won't go crazy with it. And this kind of just echoes the fact that I'm not exactly comfortable with this price point tier. I'm, I would much rather go with someone in this uh, low tier price point range. So let's get into that. All right, so we can start off here with Adam Hadwin. I think Adam Hadwin is going to be a solid kind of lineup filler play. Uh, 32nd place finish here last year, a second and third place finish the years prior to that. Five straight make cuts in a row for him. Ranks out top 25 in the 9-5 model. I guess the issue with him is that his made cuts have not all been that elite. So that'd be the worry with him. But let's see. <laughs> yeah, so uh, one top 10 finish in there, and then all the other finishes have not really been that great. We see two missed cuts, and then he played pretty well. 10th uh, and a 6th place finish, so I guess it wouldn't be too surprising to see him have a good round this week. Um, at this price point, I do think it's kind of going to be worth the risk. But once again, it's kind of like last week where someone that seems like a safe pick, um, and that might be a reason why you end up on him more than you should. That's that's why this is a difficult week because, yeah, on paper, good pick. But you, you do worry about him as a pick as well. So don't go crazy with it. I think he's going to be a solid pick, though. Chris, 
Kirk. Okay, Chris Kirk started off really well last week and kind of faded as the weekend went on. He didn't play poorly, just didn't score enough. And that was kind of the issue with last week as well. It's going to be the issue with this week as well is that if you're not scoring, you're going to be losing ground. He shot like minus four on the final round and, and lost ground to the field. So 16th place finish here last year. Once again, with Chris Kirk, I kind of mentioned this uh, in passing. I don't really think we can look at uh, 2020 or 2019 really for course history-wise with him. Just I don't think that's really fair to him with what he was going through. Uh, so, you know, miscut and make cut. 16th and, and miscut. Overall, not the best pick, but not going to be a horrible pick. I do think he has that upside to go on and play well. And then do want to talk about uh, Russell Knox here. Russell Knox is a solid pick. Four straight make cuts in a row at this tournament. 16th, 37th, 18th, 29th. That is really solid. He's made two straight cuts in a row now on tour. A seventh place finish last week, so we like that. If you want to chase the recent form with that finish, you can. 40th place finish prior to that, and then a missed cut at the Houston Open. Um, you know, it ranks out 34th in the 95 mile this week. That is not great, but, you know, top 12 in course history. We do like that. Uh, not the best stat rank play as well, but he does keep the ball on the fairway, which is going to give yourself, you know, some really good strokes gain approach. So if he can just make some birdies pretty much, it wouldn't be shocking to see him get another top 10 finish. So if you keep hitting the greens or the fairway like he has, 11th in good drive percentage and then 24th in strokes gain approach, you know, we could have another solid week. If if that comes off a little bit, if he's not as good in the, those areas, then he's going to struggle. But at this price point, he does look like a safe pick. I, I don't really mind Russell Knox, especially with that strong course history. And now get into some more kind of risky risky picks, albeit, yeah, we'll just call them risky picks. We got Kramer, Hickok, and then both, and then Hayden Buckley priced right next to him. So we'll highlight those two picks. Um, you know, Kramer, Hickok. Two out of three make cuts here at this tournament with a 21st place finish last year. That is pretty solid there from Hayden. Uh, you know, that's fine. We'll take that. He had a 20th place finish last week, which, you know, good. We were on him. Uh, it seemed like it was going to be a little bit better. Uh, miscut the event prior to that and the fourth place finish in the event prior to that. So we like that from him. With Kramer Hickok, you know, we're chasing that upside. We're chasing that 20th place finish. We're chasing that top 10 finish. Not the best staff fit. Not really going to be someone that's popping. Someone that is popping is actually going to be Hayden Buckley. So Hayden Buckley, we can see all the key stats that we're looking at this week. You know, top 60 or better. So really strong there. Uh, recent form-wise, decent as well. You know, overall, he ranks out top 20 in the 9-5 to mile this week. I think we can kind of chase that 12th place finish, chase some of his solid starts so far in this fall, especially at this price point, 7.2. Yeah, sure, he might not have the course history. And maybe, you know, being a lower player in the field, he might get paired up with someone that's not as good of a – a pairing for the pro-am but that's something we don't know that's something we can't measure so let's not go crazy with that so obviously gotta get sony in there but prior to that um 71st eighth and fourth so we see that upside there with hayden and that's what we're gonna be chasing from hayden buckley this week is going to be that upside so overall decent decent upside pick and now getting to the value tier guys the value tier is not gonna be pretty i, I just want to warn you about that there's a lot of decent shoulder shrug and sleeper picks in the in the low tier that we'll go back to at the end of this video. But, you know, for the video purposes, let's get into the value tier. So the first two are actually going to be Dylan Wu and Henlick Nor Norlander. Yes, they're both kind of priced similarly. So Dylan Wu, more or less, we're going to be chasing that recent form from him. Okay, he only ranks 45th in the field in recent form rank, but he has made three straight cuts in a row. A 20th place finish last week is really what I'm hanging my hat on. Overall, not a horrible staff hit, I guess, if you will. 
Um, not making that many birdies, you know, 113th in that. 45th in strokes getting approach, like that. Good drive percentage, 93rd in that. Not that good there. Par 5 scoring, okay, okay. So if he kind of just does what he's done in strokes getting approach and par 5 scoring and maybe just makes a little bit more birdies, he should be able to make the cut. And once again, at the value tier, all you really want is someone to make the cut. So we might be getting that from Dylan Wu. And then Henrik Norlander, two out of three made cuts in a row on tour. Not really good finishes, though. 55th and 67th place finish. Not good stuff. But we can see course history-wise, 12th last year. But you got to remember, last year at the time, Henrik Norlander had been playing some good golf, so that wasn't really all too shocking. Maybe he'll be able to kind of rally that into a made cut this week as well. Uh, 68th place finish the week prior to that. Does rank out top uh, 30 in the 9-5 mile this week. So, you know, kind of a shoulder shrug there. Don't mind him as a pick. And then I'm just going to type in the next two here because, well, I don't want to look deeper. So I told you guys this was going to be ugly, <laughs> right? Okay, so we got Wesley Bryan, who really were just chasing that 27th place finish last week. Uh, has made five straight cuts in a row, but really nothing spectacular from him. Uh, does rank out pretty well in strokes gain approach, 13th in that, and 28th in par five scoring, but that's really where he's been scoring. As we can see, 26th in birdie or better percentage other than that. So we don't love that, but we can kind of chase somewhat of decent recent form, I guess, if you will. Uh, 35th in that. That's fine. And then we look at Jonathan Beard here. So not that many starts from him recently. Um, he has ranking out decently because, well, the two starts that we're drawing from are going to be, you know, two make cuts for his recent form rank. Once again, my recent form rank goes from uh, the last 10 tournaments. So when it's after a long break, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of players that don't have the best or that many tournaments in there, and that's John Jonathan Beard this week. So overall, okay. Don't love him, but at 6.4, for a guy that's, you know, made two cuts in a row, has one out of two made cuts at this tournament, it's okay. You know, don't go crazy with it. 6.4, you know, throw him in 2% of your builds, that's fine. I, I do like Norlander and uh, Wu a little bit better. I also like Wesley Bryan a little bit as well. But let's get into the core plays here, guys. This is what I'm excited for. Whew. What a nice little transition there. I know you guys like that. All right, so Taylor Gooch, I didn't mention him off the start because I was saving him for core play. So Taylor Gooch, I really do like this week. We can see course history-wise spectacular there. 27th, 15th, 1st, and a 60th place finish. So, you know, pretty solid recent for, or course history. Not going to get much better there from him. Okay, I apologize. Not a previous winner. That's supposed to be a fourth. Bad graphic there by me. Oh, no, no, sorry. Sorry, I just messed up. Recent form-wise is right. 27th, 15th, 1st, and 60th. That's right. Course history-wise, 21st, 17th, 4th, and 67th place finish. All great stuff there. And on top of that, he is a top 10 staff in the field. Look, Just listen to these key stats. 24th in birdie or better percentage. 10th in strokes gain approach. 43rd in good drive percentage. 11th in par 5 scoring. Literally checking all the boxes this week. My stop, 4th best pick in the 9-5 model. I, I fully expect him to make the cut and you know most likely get a top 15 place finish. I just love Taylor Gooch this week. And we're going to look at Jonathan Vegas, guys. I don't love the price point of Jonathan Vegas, but um, yeah, this is all about chasing upside. So that's what we're going to be doing here. His stats really aren't that good. Um, but, you know, solid course history like that. Uh, recent form has been 
okay at 12th. 26th, miscut, 54th. That's okay. It's just more or less, I know the player that Jonathan Vegas is. I know when he gets hot, he can go out and score. He can go out and get a top 10 finish. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for here. It's a risk-reward type play. And maybe as the week goes on, I, I back him off as like a high-exposure, mid-exposure play. But as it sits right now, I think he's a strong pick to get a top 10 place finish, and that's what I'm going to be chasing. After that, yeah, Patrick Hanley. Look at that headshot I chose for Patrick Hanley there. Uh, Patrick Hanley, yeah, no surprise that, you know, he was in great recent form as well. Fourth, first, first, 11-23rd there from Patrick Hanley. Really, it's him or John Rahm with the best recent form. Um, after that, we go with course history, a second and ninth place finish. So Patrick Hanley, great uh, course history. And then he is the top staff in the field. <laughs> uh, just playing solid golf. And then projected finish, 10th. So, you know, really, if you're deciding between John Rahm or Patrick Hanley, I'm going to take the $400 price discount and go with Patrick Hanley, although they are both going to be spectacular picks. And getting into the last core play is going to be Michael Thompson, guy that we ended up on purely just because of ownership, um, really just on Thursday morning last week. Has okay course history. Uh, let's see here. Course history-wise, the 100th indicates a miscut. So 5th, miscut, ninth for course history. Recent form-wise, 5th, 7th, or 57th, and then a 15th place finish. That's that's pretty good there. Uh, we can see uh, stat-wise, though, not the best. Uh, he ranks 77th in birdie or better percentage, a good drive percentage, 82nd in that. Not really scoring on par fives. So really with this play as well, we're factoring in a little bit of good Course history, you know, good upside there. Course history wise, we can see that we could be capturing a top ten finish. And with his, you know, recent finishes being fifth and fifteenth, you know, we'll take a top twenty finish from Michael Thompson at this price point. That's going to be something that we would absolutely love. So yeah, Michael Thompson, I'd be perfectly fine with as a core pay this week at that price point right now. And now we're going to get into some fades, guys. So. I'm going to be pulling them up here on the player profile for uh, fades purposes. So give me a second to pull that up and we'll be getting into it. So the first player I'm going to be fading is someone that was, you know, high risk, high reward type play is Russell Henley last week. Uh, he ranked out, I think 17th or 18th in the model last week, ended up, you know, finishing second, losing in a playoff. He's always just someone that's high risk, high reward. But the thing with Russell Henley here is that he hasn't played well at this tournament through straight missed cuts. And he's coming off of a tournament in which I wouldn't say he choked it away. So like mentally, maybe he's not as flustered, but he still didn't win. And that's, that's got to hurt on him mentally. Okay. That does. Um, so other than that, you know, 22nd, 7th, 52nd, 25th and 21st place finish, you know, it had been in solid recent form, fifth best recent form out of anyone in the field. It just, I, I can't pl play him at nine K knowing that he just couldn't, close out the victory. And honestly, I probably went to play him anyways if he won. Um, but the poor course history and probably the inflated ownership, that is just something I'm going to fade, especially because there's other solid picks in that high tier price point range that we want to be going out of our way to play. And so, yeah, Russell Henley just doesn't make the cut for me this week. And then we're going to be looking at someone else kind of in that same criteria. Willie Z. And I really hope this isn't like Cam Smith and Hideki the last two weeks. So the last two weeks, I wasn't on Cam Smith because, well, Sanjay was priced there. I Like two other players were priced there that Daniel Berger, that did well. I mean, they had top 10 finishes. And Hideki was kind of the same thing. I would rather be on, I well, I wanted to be on Sanjay more than Webb and Mark Leishman. 
you know, Webb and Mark Leishman made the cut, didn't really do much. You could say, I guess that was a mistake to be on those guys over Hideki, but they were really all the same play, and Hideki was the highest-priced player, so I kind of just wanted to be on the other guys. That could be uh, Willie Z here. So he is a decent stat rank play, top 20 in the field. We know the upside that he has, but the recent form just hasn't been there from him. Uh, doesn't have any course history here as well. He is a California boy, but he's not living there anymore. You know, he resides in Texas now. Went to college in North Carolina. So, I mean, yeah, California boy, but at the same time, not really California-based anymore. Let's see this stats here. Course designer has played a little bit better on Pete Dye to design courses a little bit better on Bermuda greens. Um, and all the secondary stats suggest that he could be okay, but I just can't play him at this price point. And actually he doesn't rank out well. He ranks out 41st in the nine to five miles. So it would be more or less shocking to see him, you know, have a top 10 finish where Hideki and Cam Smith, the previous weeks, they were top 10 in the nine to five miles. So it wasn't shocking. It was just more or less can't play everyone this week. It's just, I don't think Willie Z is going to be a good pick. Let me look at Scotty Scheffler. Kind of, this is the exact same thing now here where Scotty Scheffler is ranking out well. Top 10 in the 95 mile. This is the exact same situation as uh, Cam Smith and Hideki, uh, where I'm, I'd rather pick uh, John Rahm. I'd rather pick Patrick Cantlay. Uh, I'd rather go Taylor Gooch. And, you know, it might just end up being that should have went another player deeper and went with Scotty Scheffler. But, uh, it is what it is. You know, you don't want to overextend your player pool too much in a certain price point tier. And that kind of leaves me just not being honest. Scotty Shuffler, a made cut and a miscut here. Okay. We can see though, man, struggling this trust approach. And that's really kind of where he lost it at the American Express two years ago. Probably should have made the cut. That's what that tells us there. Uh, and then two years ago, third place finish. So it wouldn't shock me if he goes out and gets a top 10 finish. Heck, it wouldn't shock me if he goes out and wins. That might be one of the situations where you fade him in DFS and maybe outright bet him. But a 57th, a 22nd, a 4th, a 38th place finish in his recent starts, you know, that's all pretty solid as well. But once again, I just like the other picks a little bit better around him, so I just can't end up on him. Let's look at the kind of other stats. A little bit better. Uh, Stroke gain total rank on peak die design courses. A little bit better on Bermuda greens. Um, now, overall, the secondary stats don't really suggest anything that would say he's going to be a bad or good play. Then we're going to get into Patrick Reed as a fade. So Patrick Reed, I've faded for a while now. I don't really get why people are trying to force him in there. This kind of goes back to people. I don't really get it. They they People are chasing upside a lot more recently, and I get it with someone that's like a good stat fit or you know good recent form or course history. That really hasn't been the case with Patrick Reed lately so it's been weird to see Patrick Reed getting high ownership and maybe if he's low on this week maybe then we jump on him in 20 20th best stat rank play 15th at the STOC that wasn't bad uh not great though and that's kind of him as a player is that he's been playing okay enough to warrant still using him five straight make cuts in a row but not playing well enough to really feel comfortable about him as a pick and still once again kind of at his price point there's other picks that I'd rather be on. If he was 8K, sure, I'd be fine with him. You know, get that made cut. But at 8.8K, and really just that whole pricing tier, I just kind of want to fade that whole pricing tier. Patrick Reed's a good example of that pricing tier. Just not going to be paying, playing them at that pricing tier. But now I want to get into some of the sleeper picks. I already mentioned Carlos Ortiz. He's going to be a sleeper pick for me this week. 
we can see he's a top 15 staff hit, and that's really why two straight make cuts here at this tournament. Uh, one of his most recent starts, second place finish. So, yeah, we do like that from Carlos Ortiz. We can see, though, not the best Pete Dye design course uh, type of guy. A little bit better on Bermuda Greens, though. And this kind of echoes why he's a sleeper pick. He's not someone you want to go out of your way to play too much, but he does have that upside to really give you a top 10 finish. Top 25 pick in the 95 mile this week. I don't mind him as a pick. Another uh, player that I want to mention is going to be Alex Norn as a sleeper pick. Whoops, not Alex Smalley. Alex Norn. So really not bad. Recent form rank is where he's getting knocked the most here, uh, but 13th in course history rank, a 48th and a 14th place finish. We do like that from him. Uh, stat rank play, top 25. That's not horrible. We'll take that from Alex Norn. Uh, all the secondary stats don't really suggest anything that would say he's going to struggle or dominate. But overall, Alex Norn at this price point, I think he is going to be a strong sleeper. Uh, top 20 in the 9-5 model at a price take of 8.4. That's that's okay. And I, I guess I would consider more of a shoulder shrug pick. These kind of are interwined this week, especially this early on in the season. But I don't mind them. For the next sleeper pick, I'm going to be talking about Troy Money Merritt. I was kind of sad that I couldn't play him last week, to be honest with you guys. Troy Merritt. So we can see recent form-wise, uh, pretty pretty decent. Uh, 22nd, 15th, miscut, 16th. That's pretty good. We see the second place finish. He had a good run there for a while. Um, then some bad form after kind of failing to get the W that he probably should have. So it's no shock that he kind of had the a letdown for a while there. But, you know, it seems like he's in better recent form. He's someone that I kind of does fit the mold of someone that should play well. He's just a guy that gets hot is pretty much what I'm trying to say here. It, it wouldn't shock me if he gets a top 10 or a top 20 finish. Uh, Troy Merritt does have that upside. We can see over his past 24 starts, four of them have been top 10 finishes. So it's not like that's out of the question. But, yeah, he's going to have to make the cut because he's also missed nine cuts. So a little risk-reward there, and that's exactly why he's a sleeper pick. Now we're going to get into a couple of shoulder shrug picks, and then we'll be finishing off here. All right, so Adam Hadwin as a shoulder shrug pick. We can see that recent form. 51st, 56, 46, 6, 45th. Not that good there, but we do like from him. What we do like from him is going to be that 32nd and that second and that third place finish here, of course, history-wise. That is pretty excellent from Adam Hadwin. Overall, he ranks as a top 12 pick in the 9-5 mile this week. Obviously, we love that as well. We talk about someone that is a guy that's, Good drive and strokes can approach. It's Adam Adwin. You know, he does need to score a little bit better, and that that would be the worry with him, I guess, is that he's not going to score as much, and that's more or less why he's a shoulder shrug pick. But I'm fine with him as a pick this week. Then we're going to get into two more shoulder shrug picks here, and then we're going to be finishing up. So KH Lee, he did have an okay finish last week, uh, made the cut. That's all we really wanted. 33rd place finish at the STOC. Uh, Zozo Championship played well. You know, he's been playing well. Overall, ranks out as top 12 pick in the 95 mile this week. I don't know if I exactly agree with that. Uh, top 25 stat fit. Uh, top 20 in recent form rank. Uh, 33rd in course history rank. That's with, you know, two top 40 finishes. A 32nd and 21st, and then a missed cut. So overall, not horrible there from KH Lee. Um, not someone to go crazy with. But he's a decent like lineup filler. If you end up on him as the last player into your build, like I did a decent amount last week, and you're kind of just like, okay, that's fine. We'll do that. 
And then Brian freaking Harmon. I know a lot of people from the Discord chat are not going to like this idea, and I apologize for that. Got a long going joke with him, but of course, his rise eighth, 21st, missed cut, 28th. That's pretty good. Uh, made the cut last week. He's made three straight cuts in a row now. Um, doesn't rank out well in the model. She's not going to rank out well in the model because, you know, prior to that, hadn't been playing well. Not a good staff fit. But we can chase that course history with that. You know, t- 21st in course history, I mean, that's pretty good. Um, overall secondary stats are not going to pop too much to suggest anything good or bad from him, but overall does rank out as a pretty decent pick. And then just talking about the outright bets, uh, really for the outright bets, guys, I'm just going to be focusing on the core plays pretty much. I will also be chasing Seamus Power, so let's just highlight them real quick. So Taylor Gooch, Seamus Power, those are going to be the players I want to outright bet. Taylor Gooch, I think, has extreme upside. Obviously, we just saw him recently win, so maybe that's why we don't want to chase a victory from him, but didn't really affect his recent form too much. 15th at the STOC, 20th, 27th at the Sony last week, and then Seamus Power. Seamus Power has won like six months ago. He's been playing great golf as well. I'm perfectly fine chasing that recent form from him. And I think it might be someone like uh, Patrick Cantley or John Rahm winning. So, you know, you could bet two of those guys. So we've got four outright bets there for you. And then from there, you might want to get risky. You could go with someone like Jonathan Vegas. I'd be fine with that. Right now, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the outright betting card, but those are going to be the top four picks. And then I might go with Johnny V as well as someone that I'm going to put on the outright betting card this week. That's all I have for you guys this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a deep dive. It was a longer video, um, but a lot of good stuff there. I kind of echoed how much of a high-variance week this is going to be with all the picks that I talked about. So hopefully you guys have a good week. I know it is a high-risk, high-reward type week. So let's hope that if you're building 10 lineups, that's well, let's hope they all get six for six, but let's hope a good portion of them get six for six. But I hope that one six for six lineup that you do get is the big one. And that's kind of, I think what the approach should be this week. Unfortunately, that's just, that's just the week that, that we have, but that's all I have for you guys this week. If you enjoyed the video, as always, please give me a like and subscribe. I enjoy that. If you guys want to join nine to five nation, your one-stop shop for PGA DFS, please do link is in the description below. All right. Thanks for watching. As always, let's keep cashing.